today, Rob Liefeld's Superman. Boy, do I like the sound of that. I personally think that has a really nice ring to it. Rob Liefeld Superman. Hey, believe me, it's not so far-fetched. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Fill in the blank. Put your name here. Mary Brown's Superman. It could happen. The public domain is the gift that keeps on giving, and Superman is racing there faster than a speeding bullet. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna dissect all of it. And see just what do you get? What just what do you get exactly when Superman enters the public domain? Do you get Lex Luthor, the Daily Planet? Do you get Lois Lane? Do you even get Krypton? Come on, Pa can't enter the picture. We're gonna cover all of it in anticipation of crafting our very own future Superman stories and just what all that means and contains on an all-new episode of Observations. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Rob Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making and producing, writing, drawing comic books for 37 years. I have been consuming them for over, right at 50 years, okay? And and, and we are right at the 50-year mark. That is a lot. That is a lot of time to consume comic books, but they have been my obsession ever since. Rob Observations is where we have a series of conversations about the content that comic books produce content that is now the basis of $200 million movies. Some hits, some flops. Streaming shows, some hits, some not. But through it all, it is the comic books, the, the comic strips, the, the, the written and illustrated words and pictures that make up these amazing worlds. I am here, as always, to celebrate them. Always. We are here to celebrate the comic book art form and occasionally study uh, when it launches into the, you know, next level realms, video games, toys, all the merchandise, again, streaming shows, movies, we try and cover it all, all of it, but we're not obsessed with it. The other formats, you can find a million other people who are going to give you their breakdown of the latest trailer. They're going to give you their breakdown of what they perceive to be Easter eggs in the latest episode. Not only do I have no interest in bringing that to you, you have so many more options to find that. This is a unique and personal journey. I started it three years ago, talking about the very first comic books I pulled off the spinner racks back when they were available in every five and dime, look it up, <laughs> five and dime store uh, uh, lo- located in the United States of America on long you know, summer drives because we couldn't afford to fly anywhere. My parents, my dad was a Baptist minister. My mom was a secretary. Uh, I, I remember having a very nice life, very middle class life, but, uh, but we did not have the fancy things and we drove and when we drove, we'd go to bus stops, uh, uh, rest stops. We, 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 we'd go to the markets in Arizona, in Nevada, in Utah. And I was able to see the comic books that they had available there. And so often I would find comic books, many of them, summertime event books, giant size, king size annuals that had become so popular in the seventies. I was a kid of six and seven years. That's why this is going on, you know, 50 years. The minute I hit 56, we are logged in to 50 years of this obsession. I really became addicted to them at seven years old, but I was interacting with comic books as a six-year-old uh, little punk. It was easy escapism. It was cheap entertainment. Some, a cu- couple of things that, that, that have drastically changed during this time. And, and uh, 
But one thing that, that, that continues is my love and my passion for comic books, the creators of comic books, the stories behind both, the stories behind the creators of the comic books, the stories behind the comic books themselves, the, 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 the feuds which we've brought to you here, the creative kind of explosions that we have covered when we cover many different runs. And today, interestingly enough, we are going to revisit a topic that has become one of our most listened to episodes ever. The metrics on this one was, were really off the charts, especially for what I thought was just going to be one, you know, just another kind of episode of exploration. And that is when we discussed the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty of what is referred to as the public domain characters and works that enter the public domain that happen to entice, uh, you know, the creative world, I think more than anything, because the creative world, I think has an inside track on studying and discovering what's to come as different characters and stories and worlds fall into the public domain. That episode, which I highly recommend you, you, uh, run down. Maybe it was a year ago, inside a year ago, we did it. It, it, it blew up in terms of engagement, had huge reaction to it. And as people learned what exactly was you know, available in the public domain. And today we're kind of doing a part two, uh, which, which looks at some of the biggest uh, names that are coming into the public domain. We are about to have an absolute uh, landslide, avalanche, call it what you will. The, the, the public domain is about to expand, but it comes with many, many caveats that even, even look, I, I'm paying attention to it for myself because now we are nearing works that, that bear uh, some personal interest for myself because I, I want to, I want to stick my, my toe into, into some of this stuff. So, so today we are going to, uh, give a slightly deeper dive. I, I am not a lawyer, but I will give you some, uh, some, some basically legal, legal opinions on this stuff as, as we continue to look at, at works that are coming into the public domain, beginning with, and really ending with Superman. To better understand what's going on with Superman as he prepares to enter the public domain in January of 2034. So, I mean, we're staring down that barrel. We're, we're nine years from this happening. A lot, a lot of time, right? Okay. Absolutely. A lot of time. But before we get to that slippery slope, there is a character that actually many people my age will know named Buck Rogers. We're going to, we're going to examine Buck Rogers and get a little. Little, little more rounded in, in terms of the understanding of this public domain law that again, public domain, it was, it was originally intended that a body of work after around 190 years to 100 years, there was plenty of time for the original artist to create enough and the artist family to create enough stories, enough you know material to capitalize and to make it their own. And at such time, it was then gifted into the public where the public could then make stories, Three Musketeers, Robinson Crusoe, this kind of stuff, some, some popular stuff comes to mind. Now, again, Mickey Mouse enters the public domain, but only Steamboat Willie, only that very different looking Mickey Mouse, which, is, which may not be wildly recognizable. But if you want to do Steamboat Willie, that version of Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse will be available for you to do. There are companies, and we're going to get to those, who are already rat wildly uh uh exploiting the the public domain loopholes in order to bring you many of these public domain characters that are going to seem familiar to some of you 
they're not as popular as they once were. Again, given that I am, you know, 55 years old, when, when my youth is, you know, 47 years, 48 years in, in, in many cases. So, so in, in that time, it's been 30 to 40 years since some of these characters were as popular as they were when I was a kid. Buck Rogers is Buck Rogers of the 21st century. It was a movie in theaters. It was a uh, television show on NBC. They spent a lot of money. It was by the Glenn Larson who had given you Battlestar Galactica prior to that. He, he knew his sci-fi. He knew how to, how, to, how to pull off really good television sci-fi with some cinematic, especially reflective of the time. You know, not quite Star Wars, but some of the model work was up there because they employed the same people. Because what are you going to do when you're not making Star Wars movies every three years? You're going to look for, you know, work, which is how Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers, and so many others got the great model work that they did, uh, the great miniatures. And, and Buck Rogers was part of that. But Buck Rogers is not in the public domain. But his very first work, the, 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 the story that sets up the, the background for Buck Rogers, except he's not called Buck yet. He's, he's Anthony, okay? Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was in a book that I'm holding, I'm holding my hand right here. Vintage copy, got it about 30 years ago. Armageddon 2419 AD, published by Philip, written by Philip Francis Nolan, uh, published, published by uh, Ace Books. And uh, this is a 1960 reprint, and it had already been over 30 years because Armageddon 2419, Armageddon 2419 AD introduces the character that you will know as Buck Rogers and the world. But that was uh, introduced in, in, in 1928. Now, that's subject to the old uh, 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 co- copyright and, and public domain provisions. So some of Armageddon 2419 is available and some of it isn't. The original author, Philip Francis Nolan, was an American. All his copyrights were registered with the U.S. Copyright Office. As such, American copyright law is controlling controlling the laws in regards to this work. American copyright law for works created and published during his lifetime, during the lifetime of Philip Francis Nolan. Uh, they do not apply to the life plus 70 year term that is now the standard for many authored works. That's the new standard that they came about, that, that they ruled on years back. And we're going to get to that. But right now, th- this does not fall under that. Th- this new uh, life plus 70 years, that's, that's like for J.K. Rowling. That's why you can't really determine when Harry Potter is going to come up. And, and I assure you, I will be, uh, and possibly my kids will all be wiped off the face of the earth uh, in the ground, uh, probably not existing anymore when Harry Potter comes up, but, but this stuff does follow them now with this, you know, uh, basically the end of your life plus 70 years is tagged on, you know? So it's, 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 it's hard to know the, uh, that's the current standard, but stuff like Buck Rogers, stuff like Superman, they fall under the, 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 uh, older pre, uh, uh, 1923, which is a 28 years plus 28 years, and then it was extended to become a 28 years plus 67-year rule. And it gave everything a maximum time of around 95 years until works fell into the public domain. The original 
novella that short story again even even this ace book is a small i mean this would you could read this in 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 45 minutes it's a tiny is it even 100 pages let me look here okay it's 183 pages you can read this in an afternoon 183 pages armageddon 24 1980 introduced buck rogers the original novella has almost certainly entered the public domain as of as of right now um the problem is in order for this novella to still be in copyright, the copyright would have had to been renewed in 1955, 28 years afterwards. Uh, similarly, the sequel to this book, the, the Air Lords of Han, which was published in 1929, which w- would have been uh, eligible for uh, renewal in 1957. Uh, it doesn't appear that the copyright for the original novella or the sequel were ever renewed. Accordingly, it appears that the original copyrights uh, to Buck Rogers, based on the original two novellas, passed into the public domain in the mid-1950s. Uh, the bottom line is the world and the characters are available, but not like you can't do NBC's version of Buck Rogers because NBC owns that version. But certainly, the adventures of uh, of Anthony... I believe Anthony Rogers is his name are are up for grabs. The reason I bring you Buck Rogers uh, prior to uh, Superman is again, you're not going to be able to replicate. You certainly don't get the rights to, to Tweaky if, if you you know you grew up reading that. What you saw on television isn't available to you. That was an adaptation of something. Again, in Armageddon twenty four nineteen, that is the world. That is the world. I'm going to read you the back of this. Uh, a most important influence on modern science fiction, the inspiration of such intentions as the walkie-talkie television rocket and rocket artillery is the famous newspaper character Buck Rogers. The story of Rogers, the American who went for a forward 500 years to participate in the rise of the new America from the ruins of the old, was, the fir- was first told in the unforgettable novella Armageddon 2419 AD. It has never been available on newsstands until now. Uh, Rogers' adventures, those of Wilma Deering, warrior girl of the 25th century, are by words for imagination, stirring science fiction adventure. Armageddon 2419, written by Phil Nolan, is no comic strip picture book. It is a sci-fi novel of classic importance. So in regard to Buck Rogers, again, only the pulp version in this Armageddon 2419 of Anthony Rogers is public domain and all of the material within it. But the subsequent versions, including the nickname Buck, which came about via the comic strips, further books, movies, serials are not. So it's tricky. It's tricky. Well, I wanted to set the stage again because it is of the period where the copyright has come up because of the uh, the 28 years plus 67, whatever that math is, because of that, uh, Instead of being available in 2028, it became available in 2023. We are in the year that now Anthony Rogers and some of this material is 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 available. Again, Buck Rogers, I'm using it as an illustration, but so many of you are like, what? But hopefully you'll Google, you'll see Gil Gerard start as Buck Rogers. It was a fun show. They had repeats on Sci-Fi Channel. They had repeats on MeTV for many weekends. Um, I would watch them fondly. It was a pretty decent show for the time, for the 80s. It was a, you know, fun for kids. It really didn't aspire to be more than a, 
uh, kind of a kid's family adventure show. It certainly wasn't dark sci-fi, not the kind that you would get with, say, the reboot of the sci-fi channel's uh, Battlestar Galactica by Ronald Moore. N- nothing along those lines. But it was fun. It was, it was fun in the way that Lost in Space was fun, in the way that Star Trek was fun. The, uh, <clears throat> the deal with Superman, he's coming up. He's got nine years until he falls into uh, the public domain. And a lot of this is coming up now because, uh, you know, because of this increased attention on another reboot of Superman now via James Gunn. And there's been a lot of talk in the comics community, just, just to the point of message boards and gossiping which obviously so much of this audience, you know, interacts with. I don't always click on every link, but I can see a headline and see where it's taken me. So much focus is that DC is going to start focusing, is, is going to start uh, building up equity in the son of Superman, Jonathan Kent, part of the Super Sons that has become kind of a more popular uh, focus for the character in recent years, because then, you know, you're, you don't have to look back at Clark Kent and you don't have to look back at the Superman that's coming into the public domain, you can build an all-new world that's untouchable with Jonathan Kent because nothing about that would be in the public domain. Let's get, let's get um, uh, uh, somewhat you know, familiar with what is going to be evol- involved when Superman comes into the public domain, which right now, most assuredly, he is on track to do so. So far, the courts, Congress, no one is stepping in to change what is, again, seeming as inevitable in regards to these characters coming to the public domain. And I can't think of it. I, I mean, in my opinion, Superman is as big as Mickey Mouse. I could hear the argument that Mickey Mouse is bigger, certainly. But as far as superhero comic books, I don't think there's a bigger one than Superman. And he is definitely on the menu. As far as the law itself, just because we, we got to cover this if we're going to do a topic like this. As far as the law itself. The Copyright Act of 1976 made it so that the copyright would last the life of the author plus 50 years or the last surviving author or 75 years from publication or 100 years from creation, whichever is shorter for a work. The 1976 Act also increased the renewal term for works copyrighted before 1978 that had not already entered the public domain from 28 years to 47 years giving a total term of 75 years. But then the 1998 Act extended these terms to the life of the author plus 70 years and for works of corporate authorship to 120 years after creation or 95 years after publication. That is what we are discussing when we are discussing and looking at the topics that are on the table today with Buck Rogers and mainly Superman. For works published before January 1st, 1978, the 1998 Act extended the renewal term from 47 years to 67 years, granting the total of 95 years. This law effectively froze the advancement date of the public domain in the United States for works covered by the older fixed-term copyright rules. Under this Act, works made in 1923 or afterwards that were still protected by copyright in 1998, I can't believe how long ago 1998 was, would not enter the public domain until January 1st, 2019 or later. Bump, 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 and here's what was driving the whole thing, and it is believed to be that Sonny Bono, he of Sonny and Cher, uh, uh, formerly a musical uh, and television variety show act, first up musician with Sonny and Cher, they made albums, then they became the, in, in my youth, I watched them on variety show, they were a big deal. Sonny Bono then became a congressman. He was part of the uh, 
story behind this, it was always seen that Disney put some money into making this happen because this affects Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse specifically, having first appeared in 1928 in Steamboat Willie, this cartoon that I already mentioned, where he is skinnier, thinner, you know, longer, just uh, uh, still, if you know the history of Mickey Mouse, you understand him, but I'm not sure you'd put him in in front of today's 12 and 13 year olds and they know who he is. Maybe. Mickey Mouse uh, will enter the public domain in 2024. So they have not uh, moved forward to change that. So we are fast on the fast track within a year of Mickey Mouse, the, the Steamboat Willie ver- version coming coming to fruition. Okay, so we've covered the law, the extensions, how it changed from 1976 to 1998. And again, I know your head is spinning, but uh, the bottom line is that uh, that that so many of these works are right now heading right into you know, the purview. Now, again, Superman is nine years off, but I'm going to get to that. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cover this. uh, Now that we've got some of the parameters out of the way, we're going to get back to this because really this is all about how you and I do Superman. Okay. That (laughs) I'm, I'm invested personally in this Rob Liefeld, Superman without having to clear it with DC people. Boy, that sounds good to me, but hold on. Okay. Hold on. Uh, you know, not everything that you think of Superman is going to come into view. And and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cover this with you right now. So let's say that action comics, number one does without any more congressional acts, Warner brothers, discovery, whoever owns them does not pour a ton of money into further protection. And it comes true. They, they Superman action comics, number one featuring the first appearance of Superman will become part of the public domain well everyone will be able to make superman comics now right including you and me no that's not that's not what's going to happen um only the single story that superman appears in in action comics number one and the way that he is depicted in that story which is which has a much different superman shield okay not the very stylized very trademarked and we'll get into trademarks in a minute again revisit that because a copyright and a trademark are not the same thing. Take it from me. I am a publisher of 37 plus years. I know what I'm talking about here. Superman as he appeared in Action Comics. Now, again, are you going to have are, are you going to be able to have your Superman fly? He does not fly, remember? Leaped he leaps buildings in a in a single bound. He can he can jump over a building leaping in a single bound, but he can't fly. Not in not in Action Comics number 1. That would come later. So you can't have your Superman fly. But you give me that guy, that spit curl, that red cape, that blue costume, and that particular S, I'm off to the races. This is Rob Liefeld talking. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I'm ch- can nine years get here now? How do you know that I'm not already drawn that story? Because, man, I may just completely have lost it. I may, I may not even be able to hold up pencil straight, okay? I really enjoy the work that I've been doing the last eight to 10 years. So why wouldn't I try and get that? done right now and we're, we're going to have a kind of a segue it's not completely a segue. there's an example to, to bring forth of this uh so just that public domain is, is is available okay there are a ton of elements that you're not going to be able to access okay uh that again that stylized s shield is is has been you know reformatted redesigned very it's a much more familiar s than the one that he is wearing in his first adventure in action comics the super strength the the hardened skin bullets bouncing off yes 
flying? No. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the Daily Planet, Kryptonite, Smallville, Jimmy Olsen, uh, those didn't show up for years. You won't have access to those immediately. So, as long as you know what is going to be available to you, because look, I, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and take you through each legal point. I'm giving you the high points. All I need is that Superman with the spit curl, you know, and you're not going to be able to call him Man of Steel. You're not going to be able to call him Superman. Now this, I told you that there's a publisher that publishes public domain characters. Uh, John Carter and Tarzan right now uh, are, are being published by Dynamite Comics, but they're not called John Carter. Now, John, now that they're, they are not going to produce something that is going to be, uh, you know, uh, immediately ripoffable. You know, they want to make their public domain something special. So they have uh, either called it John Carter of Mars. They've called their series Warlord of Mars. They, 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 uh, <clears throat> they, they are not doing the full John Carter Warlord of Mars. They have alter, altered the title. They've done Princess of Mars to focus on some of the secondary characters. In regards to Tarzan, uh, they are calling their comic book Lord of the Jungle. Now, a lot of what this gets down to, some of this is, is trademark, which you can trademark a title, a logo. You know, look, you're, you're not going to be able to take that Nike logo. That's trademarked, okay? I don't know if Nike, I don't know how, how it covers shoes, so I'm completely out of my depth here. But think of logos, think of um, titles. Those become trademark. Man of Steel is a trademark. DC has spent money. They have spent money at the legal offices to trademark Man of Steel. You will not be able to put Man of Steel on your cover. You will not be able to call your comic Superman. The Superman Superman comics aren't coming into the public domain. Action comics featuring Superman is. So you can have Superman inside. You can even put him on your cover. But I'm not sure that you can call him Superman. And you certainly can't call him action. You know, uh, you know, alien hero. You know, I, I don't know. For me, it's just about the visual. It's just about the visual. Tarzan is indeed called Lord of the Jungle over at Dynamite. For reasons that, uh, that they will tell you. Now, they're, they're, they're giving you stories of Tarzan but and young Tarzan and all of Tarzan's world but they're doing it under the moniker of Lord of the Jungle so so right now I'm sure people like me are are scheming what are we going to call our Superman book because let me tell you something Rob Liefeld is going to draw a Superman book it may not be published by DC uh who I've had a weird relationship my entire life but this isn't about me this is about you you little Billy your your son who who loves Superman he's his favorite character he can't believe there's not there hasn't been a new Superman movie in over a decade he will be able to do a version of the Superman in action comics. He just won't be able to publish it and call it Superman or publish it and call it action comics. I'm not sure he can call it man of action. That's taken. I'm not sure he can call it action man. Um, you know, uh, alien traveler. I, I, I just don't know. Blue and red. Figure it out. Figure it out right now. Get your thinking caps on. What are you going to call yours? Because I'm doing mine. I, it, it, 2034. I don't have to, I don't care if I have to hand them to you myself at conventions in ash cans in little, you know, truncated versions of comic books. Rob Liefeld's Superman is a thing that is going to happen. He can leap over buildings. I don't need him flying in space. That's not my appeal. I just like Superman. I just love him. I've only drawn him on three pages in my entire career. I did it at a Christmas 
issue of Superman or Action Comics back in 2000. Uh, he went and gave a Christmas gift to Aquaman. It was fun. I loved it. I have been very obvious with everyone, uh, completely, uh, you know, wear it on my sleeve, my love for Superman. Now, maybe prior to that, I end up doing a Superman project. Maybe, I don't know. I don't want to do Jonathan Kent. I want to do Clark Kent. I want to do the Superman that I grew up with. That's the Superman that I have the connection with, that I have the love affair with, that, that, that all of my investment is in, is Superman. But if I don't, if by chance I don't, uh, I will depict this version. It says in one of these articles, like DC's not losing, you know, their minds over doing, over other people doing Superman. I'm not so sure that's the case. Let me tell you other people who haven't done Superman that come to my mind. Uh, Robert Kirkman, one of the most successful authors of the last 20 years. What if he decides he wants to take a crack at the guy with the S shield, just not the current S shield? Remember, go get action comics. Look at how that S looks. You're gonna have to draw it exactly like that. You won't be able to deviate whatsoever or you will fall, fall under DC's, you know, trap, okay? But that spit, that spit curl, that musculature, that blue costume, that red cape, you know, you can do a version of this guy, okay? And it's going to be exciting. And I think there's all sorts of people. I think do not kid yourself that people will just want to um, dip their toe. Am I going to do a monthly book? No, I'll probably just do a story because a story will be really fun. And maybe there'll be a publisher who's going to like say, hey, we're going to call our version of this something. Do you want to uh, be involved? Just like Dynamite is doing, you know, Princess of Mars and, and, and Lord of the Jungle. They're, they're building their own fortress for these public domain characters and they may just ask hey walk you know come on come on over walk through our doors contribute i'll do it i just want to do it it's gonna be fun i'll know who i'm drawing i'll know that that character is special and so will little billy little billy who by who by then will be in his 20s uh and, and, and he'll be ready to go, what do you mean, dad? You mean I can draw? Look, there's going to be Steamboat Willies. There's going to be versions of that Mickey Mouse cartoon. Uh, I will not be one of those people. I don't have any affection for that whatsoever other than understanding that it exists and having uh, respect for its historical you know, significance. But when it comes to Superman, look at, look at now, now, Anthony Rogers, that's interesting to me. Do I have time for that? No, I don't. Not really. Not, not right now. But there is a character and uh, I, I have uh, discussed him before, and I have a hankering to get to this character, but he is 100% uh, seen as the inspiration for John Carter, Warlord of Mars' very existence. I'm fairly certain I mentioned this on the previous public domain uh, chat conversation that we had. Marvel in the 70s had a book called Creatures on the Loose. They did a multi-part, multi-chapter adventure featuring Gulliver Jones, warrior of Mars. Gulliver Jones. Gil Kane supplied the most kick-ass covers. Uh, I'm holding right now. Creatures on the Loose 16, Creatures on the Loose 20. Jim Steranko uh, did some covers. Uh, Creatures uh, on the Loose 17, Creatures on the Loose 18. Gulliver Jones, warrior of Mars, guy transpo- transported to Mars and became a warrior. Does that sound like John Carter? They look almost identical. This is seen as the inspiration for John Carter, having uh, beaten John Carter to publication by a year at, at, at very least. Marvel published Gulliver Jones at the time. This had already slipped into because it was so long ago. It had already slipped into the public domain. Public domain is just fun when there's something that you want and you want to participate in it and, uh, and you want to integrate it into your story. Now, Alan Moore 
in the Lee of Extraordinary Gentlemen took all sorts of public domain characters. He took, you know, uh, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He took uh, um, Alan Quartermain. He, he, he took the Invisible Man. It, it made for a fascinating stew mixing up all these public, and, and, and he did it with kind of, you could just tell how much fun Alan was doing producing uh, this particular uh, uh, body of work because he knew like, this is stuff that he grew up loving and now he doesn't have to really adhere to any uh, version of it. It's in the public domain. It's open for him to interpret as he wishes. Imagine Superman in this realm, which will be eight years after Steamboat Willie. And you guys, it's a slippery slope. I think every other year after that, like the DC characters start slipping through Batman, Wonder Woman. It's going to be, like I told you, a landslide and avalanche. Gulliver Jones, Warrior of Mars, to me, was more um, exciting than John Carter of Mars. Now, unfortunately, so many of you guys think of John Carter, Warlord of Mars, as that um, giant financial flop for Disney, which occurred about, what, five, four months before, before the Avengers took everybody by storm and wiped that debt off the map, just making money hand over fist. But, uh, you know, I thought the movie was really fun. I thought it was ex- exceptionally well realized, but audiences just, just weren't there for it. And I go back to an, a podcast that I gave you uh, called No Shirt, No Shoes, No Shirt, No Service, and how the retailer who told me guys with no shirts they don't sell. And I'm I'm, I'm wondering if in the in the last decade the failure of the most recent Tarzan movie, which had freaking Margot Robbie and Sam Jackson in it, and the uh, the failure of the big budget. John Carter Disney movie somehow doesn't reinforce that on the on the broader spectrum of put your shirt on. We need warrior. We we need armor. We need some sort of you know costume, some helmet, whatever. But these shirtless guys, not only did they struggle in comics, but they they have struggled in their adaptation on the big screen. Just c- kind of an aside as I go through this. But you may know John Carter only from that movie. But but prior to that, Marvel Comics did a multi year run. There's an omnibus. Of John Carter, Marvel comic books, Dark Horse picked up the license. Again, right now, Dynamite has it. John Carter was created by the same guy that created Tarzan. Edgar Rice Burroughs had quite the fertile imagination. And that universe entertained me as a kid. And now that these characters have fallen into the public domain, it's exciting to, to, to entertain the fact that you could interact with these characters. And again, a publisher right now who is doing that is Dynamite. Now, do I believe that Dynamite, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to put this out there. Given their appetite for this public domain stuff, do you really think they're going to let action comics slip into the public domain and not look to capitalize on it? So when these articles are like, I don't think DC is going to lose sleep. Look, you know, Marvel can't suddenly put the Superman into the Avengers in the way that you know Superman. But hey, a big publisher could decide, uh, wait, Superman's available. Uh, we just have to adhere to these action comics guidelines. Yes. So here's the aside that's very interesting. It's very, very, very interesting. And, 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 and it, 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 I'm telling you, the, I think about this all the time. Several years back, you've heard my, him, excuse me, you've heard me say his name over and over and over again. He is a titan of my youth. He is one of the greatest of all time. His name is John Byrne. He created the epic gold standard X-Men uh, classic run, which introduced you to the Hellfire Club, Dark Phoenix, Days of Future Past. Proteus, Kitty Pride, so many more. So just, just a seminal blue ribbon gold standard. Well, he hadn't done the X-Men since the early 2000s when he left Marvel. He had been doing a uh, series called X-Men The Hidden Years. And it filled in the gaps during the 
what I've always told you about is the reprint period where the X-Men was existed only as reprints to keep the copyright and the trademark going until they got to the giant size X-Men in 1975 and rebooted the whole thing. Yes, sometimes I, sometimes I get caught up in talking so fast that I slur those words, okay? Um, here's the deal. John Byrne decided that he wanted to return to the X-Men, and he did so on his terms. He started writing new X-Men adventures. He started revisiting old stories that he had done, giving them fresh sequels. The kind of sequels that I was telling you that like Jim Lee eventually got around to doing when he got on the book, because those are the John is aware that those are the stories that we adore and love and worship the most. John Byrne didn't just stop at one issue or two or three or four or a dozen. He did over 24 issues worth, especially by today's standards, maybe even more of X-Men issues. He uploaded a page a day on his site. And many, like myself, were able to follow it day after day after day after day. I've seen some of these cats have downloaded these pages and made their own like penciled omnibuses, ash cans. I mean, like this is, John is offering this free as a fan. He has put his own adventures of the X-Men out there, offering them free on his website. Do I advise you to do this? No, I do not. I do not advise you to do <laughs> but I can't deny that it's out there. It's out there. Uh, it's been out there for now three years. It was happening all through the pandemic. It was semi-entertaining one page a day for every Monday through Friday, five days a week. Boom, boom, boom. You guys, he did stories with the Avengers. He did stories with Magneto, the Brotherhood of Evil, the Sentinels, Dr. Doom and Magneto. I mean, he decided he'd just do a brand new run of the X-Men. Now, he can't publish them. He'll get sued. The X-Men aren't even remotely close to being in the public domain. They are completely protected, owned, trademark, copyrighted by Marvel Comics. But he went to, uh, I'm just a fan. I'm giving this to you for free. I'm not charging anything. There's no advertising on his message boards. So he can't be saying that he's monetizing uh, this flexibility that he's created for himself at all. Now, again, Superman, could I do a Superman story? And offer a page up free every day? Uh, possibly. Uh, I'd really rather have it be legit. And I, I just have to stay alive nine more years for my Superman stories to land. Now, again, how do you know I'm not drawing those stories right now? How do you know? People who follow my whatnot uh, live streams where there's an app. There's called, it's called Whatnot. I'm on there. I'm, I'm actively sharing my signed comic books, signed Funko, Funko Pops, signed toys, original art. It's a great. Uh, platform to to really get together and talk to you guys. Uh, we, we get hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people jumping on the feed, and I love to interact with you guys. I am on there. It's like a camera is on me for two, three hours, and the people who watch me on that show know my love of Superman because I have a lot of unpublished Superman art, and people are always uh, quick to jump on it. I love drawing Superman. I absolutely love drawing Superman. When I get requests to draw Superman, I I I know I do a slightly better job. I did a couple Superman covers a couple years ago, but the only story I ever did, the interiors, was a three-pager, a Christmas story again back in the 2000s. I just love Superman. So 2034 cannot get here fast enough. Oh man, did I say nine years? Can I even count? It's 11 years, right? It's 11 years. Excuse me, okay? Uh, Fuzzy math is, is my thing. So I have a love of Superman. He's coming to the public domain. And so 
are a host of these other characters. Man, I am all sorts of mixed up. I, apparently, it's 2032, so it is nine years. So, man, I'm my, you know what? Here's the deal. I'm so excited about this topic today that 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 that's that I'm getting these dates mismatched. But uh, the very first Superman comic comes into the public domain in 2032. Okay, that's if there isn't a petition that goes into effect. That, and 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 you can bet that they're probably behind the scenes trying to make that happen. So who knows? But uh. Right there, a year later, is Batman. 2033 Batman, the way Batman first appeared. I'm looking at it right now. He comes into the uh, uh, the, the public domain. It's only a six-page story. You're not getting the Batcave. You're not getting Gotham City. You're not getting the Joker. You're not getting Arkham Asylum. You're not getting uh, Robin, okay? But again, uh, 2032, 2033 loom large. Wonder Woman is shortly uh, after that. Do not kid yourself. Superman and Batman, two of the giant titans of the DC Comics Warner Brothers library are looming. Now, again, you guys have to realize, you think Frankenstein's monster, you think that didn't have an author? Mary Shelley? Come on. Sherlock Holmes? Merlin? Robin Hood? All of these characters had authors. They've just already slipped into the public domain to the point where you get all these movies, you get all these stories, you get comics. So the public domain is truly a fascinating and and uh, amazing kind of platform, and 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 so far nothing that has been in the public do- public domain, as far as my research shows, has gone back and been reversed. Once it hits, it's there, and that's where it stays. So you can understand how I can get excited over Rob Liefeld's Superman, even if it's just on that Action Comics number one. And to be honest, you should be excited too. And you're like Liefeld someday. Yes, all of my stuff will too. Look, I won't be alive to watch the proliferation of whatever is mine, you know, uh, but, 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 but at that point, maybe, maybe everybody doing Youngblood isn't such a bad thing. Maybe everybody doing Supreme and Prophet and Evangeline won't be the, won't be such a bad thing. But again, I, I won't be around to see it. So I'm going to focus on what I love right now. Here's the deal. I got into comics to draw the characters I love and eventually I created characters that, attrib- that that were in those universes and those met with such success that I then stepped out and created my own library. That was all part of the inspiration that I drew from the original toys in the sandbox. And so when I get to a toy in the sandbox as premium as Superman, of course I'm going to think about it. Now, again, how does DC protect themselves? All manner of ways. Titles, trademarks, monikers, nicknames, secondary characters. There's so much that doesn't become a part. But if all you do is love that one thing, you know, and if you don't think that maybe if I'm alive in, in, in 2033, I'll be doing my, uh, my, my, my version of, uh, I guess what, 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 what would on the fly here, what, 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 would, what could we come up with for, for a, a moniker for world's finest, uh, earth's fairest, whatever, fairest of the earth. I don't know, but do you think I'm not going to put that 1933 Batman and that 1932, I'm <laughs> that 20. 20- 33 Batman and that 2032 Superman together, you bet your bottom dollar I will. And you know what? So will so many of you. Get ready for Artist Alley to be full of Ashton Comics number one Superman prints and Batman, okay? And have we introduced a nightmare scenario? Yes. That, that, that nightmare scenario will exist. Did I introduce it? Will I have anything to do with introducing it? No. It's just part of the law. Sonny Bono of Sonny and Cher went in there, went into Congress, got that Hail Mary pass, extended it. They would have already been here by now, but he, he got them that extension. Now, like I said, further on, they got this new, you know, life 
plus 70. So you have to die and then add 70 years. So it, it does kind of give a real uh, generational protection to something like a Harry Potter. But I'm sure I, I didn't look it up before I got on here, but I'm sure those Lord of the Rings uh, characters are, are uh, looming as well. So again, my Superman, your Superman, our Superman. It's just nine years away, okay? And then Batman follows. And, and, and think of the havoc that is going to wreak, but think of the creativity. Hey, you know, maybe Robert Kirkman's version of Superman is the best one that you've never read. Now, I've, I haven't talked to him. I don't know that he's got anything planned. He's going to call me up and yell at me for even invoking his name. No, I, I'm just giving you an example of a big giant name in the business that I've never seen, you know, do Superman. Now, some of my other peers, they really don't write or draw anything anymore. So it's hard to imagine them doing anything with this. But, um, you know, certainly some of the, 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 the guys, you know, uh, the, the, the kayfabe boys, you know, you think, you don't think Jim Rugg and Ed Piscor and Tom Scioli are going to put their versions of this out? They are, they will, it's going to happen. You're going to see it. I guarantee it. Okay. And, and who knows, they may be the best versions of these characters ever. You just don't know. So this was a great conversation to have. It was a great conversation to be a part of. I hope that you enjoyed, uh, really putting the focus on Superman. What is available, what's not available. Get, get out of here with Lex Luthor. Get out of here with all that other stuff. Yeah, Smallville, Superboy came way later. Okay, you're just going to have to deal with those action comics number one content. And again, don't think that you're going to depict him flying above the earth. If he ain't leaping, he's not going to be in the air. You're going to have to kick one of those legs out or depict him in some sort of gestured leap. Okay, but that's, that's cool. We've been watching Hulk leap for years. So in essence, wait for the pun, it's not such a big leap. Okay, to think that we can all depict him in a, in a, in a version that is going to be safe and sound. So we put the focus, we put Superman under the magnifying glass because it is nine years out. The clock is ticking. The public domain is a weird and wild West platform that is, uh, that is really worth investigating. And, and I hope you enjoyed our, uh, foray once again, back into this world because it seemed to have drawn so much interest the first time. So, uh, Superman, I got my eyes on you. And, uh, and, and I just got to stay alive for nine more years. Right after signing off from the earlier segment, I went and I grabbed action comics. Number one, I had to look, I had to look through it. Can't talk about all this public domain, what's available, what's not available without actually getting into the meat of the, of, of, of the, of the work that's coming into the public domain, you know, in, 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 in nine very short years, they'll be here. It'll be here like it was tomorrow. Okay, it, it, so says my fantasies. But uh, yeah, right here in the first page. I mean, again, they don't they don't call it Krypton. It's a distant planet. It, it was destroyed, and a scientist played his infant son within a hastily devised spaceship, launching it towards Earth. The vehicle landed. Motorists driving by discovered it. They the the, the attendants were unaware of the child's physical structure. Millions uh, of years advanced. Beyond their own, they were astounded at his feats of strength. He leapt and hurtled over twenty-story buildings. He had uh, he could lift tremendous weights, weights, and he could run faster than the express train. And it says nothing, and then it says, and that's nothing less than a bursting, and nothing less than a bursting shell could penetrate his skin. Okay. So he can deflect bullets, has super strength, has super speed, that, that able to leap. You know, you, you, you meet Clark Kent. Clark Kent doesn't have, you know, uh, 
he doesn't have his his, his friends and family uh, yet at, at at the newspaper. But but the editor puts him on assignment. I mean, there there is so much of the basic tenets that we have come to understand. And the the, the most ironic thing is there is a very famous image. You may have seen it uh, from Neil Adams of of, Neil, of of Superman breaking the chains. Well, that is from the very last panel of this book by Siegel and Schuster with Superman, the exact same, you know, flex of him breaking those chains, but he does, he does indeed leap all over. Um, he, he does hover in the air during, in between leaps. Uh, I mean, at one point he is in the air uh, hovering as the man, you know, insists on, on, on making him put him down. So he does when, when he, when he, uh, when he gets some air, he's up there for a while. Anyway, Punches through steel, steel, um, steel doors in this, uh, just can't be stopped. Deflects bullets, lifts cars. The Superman that is coming, that is available, uh, in the public domain, if and when it does in fact reach there, is chock full of 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 good stuff. It's going to be fun to peel that orange, uh, in 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 case it actually happens. Okay, so fingers crossed, uh. And you know what? In between getting on and talking with you guys about it, I'm like, of course, someone is going to put this version of Superman on their super team. I, I, I really think um, this character will spell the greatest amount of sheer chaos and calamity uh, when it enters into the, the, the public domain. Just go see that creepy uh, Winnie the Pooh R-rated horror movie that that is kind of a uh, uh, that, that, that has come out recently that has got a lot of ink is it called blood and honey uh j- just <laughs> and there's like an evil tigger so so you, you guys once once this stuff breaks through come on uh it it it, it portends uh much interpretation much uh what's the word i'm looking for uh ex- 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 exploitation much exploitation so yeah We'll we'll keep our uh we'll we'll we we'll be checking back in once a year every every nine years uh, as as we lead up to this and and I may want to draw my uh my, my my Superman story and put it in a time capsule uh, to be released nine years from now. So hey, thank you again for indulging in this. It, it is a fun subject. It, it's it's fun to really tr- kind of look all around of it. And I I honestly do think I am downplaying. How, how, how something like this will be received. Hey, at the end of each and every episode, I read the reviews that you guys leave for us. Your reviews are so important to this show. You have no idea, except many of you do have the idea because you keep leaving them and, 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 and I'm always happy to read them. They help uh, bolster our platform, our profile, get the word out as so many of you have been so kind to do. You have been getting this word out all over the place and I am so grateful, uh, just it, so ridiculously grateful. We were blessed with a, a, a five-star review from a, a gentleman uh, who, who has labeled his, himself JWK-132. If, if JWK-132 isn't you, I don't know what to say. Some people say, that's not what I you know, uh, listed the review under. I, this is what I get. This is from, from the Apple podcast. Uh, it, it, it's five stars. I, I, I thank you in advance. Uh, it was left just the other day. It says, my new comic book day ritual. He says, every Wednesday I listen to this podcast for observations while going to my local comic book shop. And it's not because I'm around the same age as Rob or because I sent away for a Boba Fett action figure as a kid or because I had a Bulletman doll or a Planet of the Apes board game. 
I listen because Rob provides an insider's perspective on the comic book industry, as well as a fair dose of comic book history. I've been listening since the beginning, and Rob has continued to improve in his delivery. Whatever era of comics you prefer, this one is for you. I cannot even begin to thank you enough. I, I am so glad. Now, I do enjoy the fact that you alluded to all of my childhood um, pursuits, the Boba Fett action figure, the Planet of the Apes board game, and Bullet Man was part of the G.I. Joe adventure team. So, you know, because I was there way, way, way before the real American hero. Thank you. I am so glad you listened to this. I'm so glad that it entertains you. And uh, I, I'm so glad that the insider information uh, is informative to you and gives you kind of about behind the scenes, behind the curtains. Today, we pulled it back a little. I hope you, you, you continue to enjoy it. Am I obsessed with the public domain and, and, and the idea that Superman, this Superman, that action comics number one is coming? I am. I, 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 am, I, I don't think I could contain it. Uh, we're, we're, going, we're, we're, going, we're going long on this one, okay? That, 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 that's, how, that, that's how much I'm excited by this prospect. So thank you again for your reviews. We, we so appreciate them. They, they absolutely help. Uh, alleviate the profile of this show, which I am so excited to rock this mic and talk to you and have these conversations. On social media, I'm on a number of different platforms. On Twitter, you can find me at Robert Liefeld. It's the whole name, Robert Liefeld. Uh, there's a blue verification check that'll just make make it certain that you are speaking to me because I am fortunate to have uh, parody accounts and they're pretty funny, but, it, but don't be talking to those parody accounts like they're me because they're not. But I love talking uh, back and forth to you guys. This seems like recently the conversations on Twitter are, are great. The back and forth is great. Um, thank you for, for your comments and, and your replies. I love hanging out and talking to you on Twitter. I am over there at Robert Liefeld, the whole name. Uh, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. Didn't get Rob Liefeld, but over on Twitter, that's who I am. Robert Liefeld. On Instagram, my photo dump of my life, of my family, of my art, of my food. Uh, th- th- that I am Rob Liefeld. I'm just Rob Liefeld on Instagram. Another blue check, another verification. I so enjoy your messages, your DMs, your replies. Uh, love, love hanging out, love, and ta- love, love, love talking to you, love seeing your comments. Uh, continue to, to, to follow me on as, as Rob Liefeld over on Instagram. I, am, I love. Uh, again, hanging out and seeing you over there. Over on Facebook, we have a group called Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Okay, I had to kick that extra octave. Marvel, uh, Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond is a group that continues all these conversations. The the conversations over there are picking up; they're getting livelier. It's it's super fun to see all you guys and have the interactions. If you submit to the group, myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala S A L A will click you through. That's how you know you've made it to the right group with the right people. Hope to see you there. Rob Liefeld, Marvel, Extreme, and Beyond. We have art contests, sharing of pictures, comics, all manner of cool stuff. Uh, Again, love to have you over there, over on Facebook. Uh, It's a group, not a page. It's a group. Again, Rob Liefeld, Marvel, Extreme, and Beyond. There's an app. It's called Whatnot. I'm on it often. If you follow me, I'm Rob Liefeld over there. You will be able to get notifications when I go live. And when I go live, it is like this podcast show, except I'm talking straight to you. A little more smack talk, a little more off the cuff, because I'm reacting in real time to some of the crazy stuff people say and some of the fun stuff people say. It's not all, it's not all, it's not all crazy. It's, it's, it's quite entertaining. Uh, I am sharing over their signed exclusives. I have a number of exclusives with whatnot, a Deadpool exclusive, New Mutants, uh, Brigade, Spider-Man, more to come, a lot of new books coming. We have profit exclusive, brigade exclusives. 
Uh, so many exclusives that we offer during that live stream that you can only get there. I do customized signatures. Have you ever heard of a blood splatter chisel signature or a, a drop shadow chisel signature? You will if you watch the show. Uh, it's live stream. It's me. I'm talking to you uh, on either a blue or brown beanbag. It depends on which one crawls into my room and I mount and, and I project from there. We have a good time again uh, on whatnot. Killer, uh, just a killer collectible app where all there's a million rooms. People are are, are selling sports cards and 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 uh, and, and and sports memorabilia, uh, uh, gear, sneakers, toys, comics. It's, it's all under one app. Whatnot? Grab it, load it, follow me, Rob Liefeld. You'll get notifications when I go live and I talk right into this this screen the entire time. It is. Uh, it's a little, little, little crazy. You should join us. At the end of every episode, I can't believe we, we actually get to the end of every episode, but I encourage you, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, physical being, it matters. It's crazy. It's been raining for three months here in Southern California. If I couldn't escape to my favorite shows or into my favorite comic books or go and yes, have those cupcakes, I'd be, I'd be done. I'd be done for. Um, you got to have that time to escape those cheat meals, those great times with your friends. Just make time for yourself. The bottom line is make time for yourself to consume the stuff that you love that gets you away from the grind. It energizes me. I hope so much that it energizes you. Everybody, please come back around, uh, swing back around. I'll be here waiting for you. We are going to talk again, most certainly, most effectively, and most inevitably. Talk again very soon. Thank you.